Hello, welcome to a late night latte on Latte Firm. What a wonderful day at Wembley Stadium for Arsenal fans yesterday. We are the Community Shield champions. How about that, eh? eh? Um, oh, what a day. What a day. What a glorious 24 hours. And if you're anything like me, you've been sifting through social media today, just scrolling through all the photos and videos and tweets from, well, even non-Arsenal fans. Uh, they seem to have... Uh, had their feathers ruffled by Arsenal yesterday. We are back. We have, of course, beat Manchester City on penalties at Wembley Stadium to lift the English Super Cup, as many people are referring it to. Arsenal are champions of the Community Shield world. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, please do drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel, of course. And uh, join in the chat. Let me know. And that's exactly where we're going to head straight away. So first of all, apologies for being late. Kieran4215 was first up. It says, hello. Hello there, LFG. Hello there, my friend Kieran. I hope you're well. Uh, hashtag snack check. He's got that ready. We are going to do the snack check shortly. Vivad in the house. AFK. Hey, hey, everyone. Great day at Yembley. Once again, really looking forward to the season. Come on, you gunners. I know the season is just on the horizon, eh? Less than a week away. Shane McDonald, evening, everyone. Evening, FK. You need to go up your job and do this full time. Oh, thanks a lot, Shane. Um, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a good thing. I really appreciate you uh, you tuning in. Henkeho, let's fucking go, guys. Absolutely, man. I'm ready for another season of Mikel. Uh, Patrick says, evening, everyone. Clive in the house saying, loved today. Arsenal, presumably, you mean yesterday, Clive. But loved today as well, man. It was a wonderful, wonderful day. He actually goes on to say, Arsenal win the Community Shield. The pundits say it's a friendly. If anyone else wins it, it's the first trophy of the year. We are annoying people. We are back. Yes. We are gargantuan. Uh, Anthony487 says, vamos. Absolutely. My kids are learning how to say vamos. They say it all the time, you know. Wife's making dinner. Vamos, mummy. Uh, yeah, they're getting into the uh, to the Mikel Arteta language. Henke, thank you, man. There he is, the beautiful man. Appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Uh, Ian on Fraud Watch FK. Not sure what that means. Come back to me in the chat. Let me know what you want me to say. Uh, Dan Bassett thought Kai did really well. We're going to talk about Kai. Absolutely. Wayne's in the chat. Wayne's World 20 underscore on Twitter. My co-host of the uh, post-match phone-ins. If you guys are tuning into that, shout out to my slam burger, my brother. Yes, Yembele is waiting uh, in the uh, studio behind. We are going to bring it out. Uh, Asif, FK, it was me that came up to you when you were walking with Colleen after the game. Asif, thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you. Uh, a shout, quick shout out to Alex, who was stood next to us at, at the stadium, said he was a big fan of Latte Firm, which is always so touching, so humbling. Um, to Noel and Will in Slamberger, who came by and said that they love the show. And of course, to Asif, who's uh, who's bumped into me after the game as well. Really appreciate that. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for all the comments. Keep the chat coming. We will do that. Uh, already more than 100 of you watching live, which I'm immensely grateful for. Right, let's bring in some of our panelists. First up, he does need no introduction. Everybody's expecting him. It is, of course, Wembele. Uh, let me bring him in. Yeah, how you doing, man? You all right? <laughs> do you know what? It never occurred to me to go with that one. Wembele. Yeah, 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 it's nice. It's nice. Do you know what? I think, yeah, I think it should be a permanent name. I think we could get that name done on Wembley. I'll, I'll make a few calls, you know, make it happen, you know, do that. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on, man. I mean, obviously, it's yeah, been yeah. a lovely, lovely 24 hours. Always nice to get Arsenal out in the sunshine at Wembley to win something. And, the, you know, the next day just feels like we're walking on clouds. So uh, really great to have you on the show. If anybody wants to follow Yem on Twitter, he is, of course, at Verge59. And our uh, next panellist is, of course, no stranger to the show. It is, of course, was. Uh, Arsenal was. Was. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm very, very well, my friend. Very well. Lovely day yesterday, wasn't it? Back in back in the action, back in the game. Um, seeing all lots of um, strange faces that we ain't seen all summer, you know, all the drill. So it's always nice going back to the Arsenal and, and being back with everyone you love and, and care about all season. And especially to top it off like that, a day in the actual British sun 
which is a, a, a complete rarity lately. So um, we seem to be perfectly behind that goal in that square section of sunshine for the full 90 minutes, while the rest of the city end was plunged in the in the, in the deep darkness of defeat. So happy days. Happy days indeed. And have you been at work today? Is it always a joy to go into work after a lovely day out like that? Yes, I've been at work today and no, it is not a joy. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess for you, you've you've been uh, you've had a, you've had quite the day yesterday, starting Good early, fun. getting down the pub. Uh, but I mean, Good I fun, guess man. just just you got a spring in your step, haven't you? Like it's always nice to to go into work, wherever it is you might, whatever it is you might do. Arsenal in victorious the day before. You just you know your chest out, spring in your step. It's just oh, it's just glorious. It's glorious. And you're right, was the weather was beautiful. Uh, Arsenal at Wembley, we've been phenomenal there in recent years. So as you can see on the ticker along the bottom, we are going to talk about the Community Shield at length. We're going to talk about individual performances. We will talk about men of the match, how we nullified the threat of Manchester City, of Erling Haaland in particular. And of course, we will look ahead to the greatest show on earth returning just in a few days' time. Uh, keep your chat coming. Let's do what we normally do and start the uh, slideshow. Uh, just before we talk about some of the content, I do want to just give a quick shout out to the Guna Live podcast. Um, those of you will know Tom Canton, our good friend at the Guna Talk. Uh, he's hosting a live podcast to celebrate him reaching 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I've been, well, honoured to uh, be invited to be part of this live panel that he's doing. It's on Sunday. It's almost sold out at the Mild May Club. If you're interested in turning up, if you're in town, the season will have started. Come and join us for a drink. Scan the code or if you're too confused to do that or if it's too late, just go to the Guna Talk TV and check out his pinned tweet. It'd be lovely to see you there. I know loads of you are coming along, but Harry Simeu of Chronicles of Guna, Mike from the Guna's pod, Bailey, of course, from your boys, and obviously me. Uh, if you want to come down and meet us and listen to us and engage with us and just have a drink with us, come down. It'd be lovely, lovely to see you. Uh, let's go to, well, what's been such a wonderful day. Uh, Gunners winning the Charity Shield. I'm going to call it the Charity Shield because that's what I've kind of known it as ever since I was a little boy. Um, was lots of talk today about this just being a friendly. Arsenal won the World Cup, Chris Sutton said. Rio Ferdinand tweeting, uh, I've lost count of how many Community Shields uh, I've won. He's lost count of a lot of things in his life, Rio. But um, the Charity Shield, I guess a good starting place would be, what does it mean to you? And do you take it seriously? Yes, it's a season opener. It is... It should. I think what they need to do is rename it, as you quite rightly called it, the, the you know the English Super Cup. I think that would make it more an event, you know. But yeah, the reality is, it's the first competitive fixture of the season. Um, as the years have gone by, you know, people are trying to make less and less of it. But it's only ever the people that don't win it that talk that way, you know. And it, and, it, and what it does do is it breeds confidence. It sets the stall for the season. It's a big statement of intent, especially when. Nine times out of ten, you're playing a, a real direct rival for the season. And I think for Arsenal yesterday, despite obviously winning the Shield itself and and winning the fixture, it was more mentally we've got over that barrier of not being able to, you know, go down to toe-to-toe -to -toe with City. And and we actually had a, a settled, balanced team for the first time in a long time. We were still missing Zinchenko and Jesus, but, you know, it really is more than just the single fixture itself. There was a lot of... Um, and you could see it. You could see the way the players reacted. You could see the way Arteta reacted. And you could see the way Man City was so disappointed that it's almost as if they're sort of saying, oh, wow, you know, they're getting closer. They're here to play. And yes, it is It is start of the season. And it is essentially prior to the Premier League season starting. So people might say, you know, people are still getting in their stride and things. But it's big. 
and momentum breeds confidence and, and it's, it's exactly the way we should look at it. And ultimately, it's the first trophy under the belt for, for you know, for a lot of these guys. And, and, and this project is moving forward and it's a nice, nice starting point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Flip Doc says, Flip Doc, thanks for commenting. I love uh, all your comments throughout the shows. It says, whether the trophy's major or not, starting the season with a big statement, beating the treble winners. I want to pick, your, uh, pick up a point, Yem. This was mentioned in the post-match phoning that we do on Twitter, of course. It's available on Apple and Spotify if anybody wants to kind of tune into those. They're amazing. A lot of the sort of comments were about the psychological impact of a win against a team that have become our nemesis in recent years. You know, we've lost eight or nine on the bounce in all competitions. We've not had the fortune of playing our strongest team against this Manchester City team. And I think for this rather sort of young, inexperienced team, you can see so many of the, you know, some of the boys in the picture there are still quite young. You know, they've got another year under the belt. Um, in, sorry, a year in the bag under, under Mikel. But to beat Manchester City, even though it was just a friendly, this sort of pre-season sort of fun, but at Wembley with the cameras watching, I think it's important. Do you think the psychological impact is going to be a positive one for Arsenal? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, Pep took this, still took this seriously. It was the first team pretty much that he put out. It wasn't a, a weakened side or anything like that. He took it seriously enough. And you can't dismiss what a good performance as well it was. You know, we we were matching them toe-to-toe. It's a very, you know, what we've noticed with City games are they're very cat and mouse. Strategically, it's such a chess game. I, I was noticing how many, you know, changes were being made by both sides to adjust to each other's, you know, tactical changes. You can't underestimate how much of a, a challenge it is to go up against a City. We can always see it. You know, they are, you know, they're the treble winners for a reason. And we have to, you know, Mikel and the team want to show that we are the closest rivals. And then you do have to beat them. Last season, we knew if we were going to win the title, we would have to beat them at some point. I think Walid, our good friend, also said that. And it is true. You do have to beat your closest rivals. So you need to get over that hump. You need to show that we can at least match them. Go, As you said, go toe-to-toe with them. And this game, we did that. And I think we deserve to you know, come out on top. Yes, it was penalties, but... You can't argue with the level of performance we gave, the effort, and you can see on the players' faces. If it was just another friendly, we wouldn't be this joyous. Doesn't matter if it's a season opener. It is about both teams took it seriously. It was a chat. It was a competitive game. There was no doubt of that. Um, whether you know the refereeing performances is something else we can talk about, but there it was an intense game, psychologically, mentally, whatever you say. And the players got over that hump. It's a, in my eyes. It's a good thing that we, you know, that we got this victory. It was full strength. There are no excuses. We go on and we know that we can push forward. When we play Man City, we haven't got this fear of, oh, we've never beaten them. We've never done it. We, you know, it, it's now we can go at them. We can challenge them. We can beat them. So let's do it again and again and again. And that's why I hope, you know, we've, it's our time now. We are growing. We know this. At some point, we were always going to challenge you know, we were since last season, we knew City were always going to be the contenders and we were going to be there with them. It's now. We have to make it count. You know, this victory is not for nothing. I think it'll stand us in really good stead at the start, uh, start of this season. I'm really pleased with how we, we came off it yesterday. We'll talk about individual performances shortly and just how much it means, but I've just got to echo your thoughts there. I think, you know, Ramsdale said after the game that it was a bit of a mental block that we voted by beating Man. And listen, non-Arsenal fans might laugh at us and think, what? It's just a friendly whatever. Pundits might do the same. But actually, as an Arsenal fan and you guys, you know, we've all been going to games home and away. We've come up against Manchester City time and time again. They're a top team. 
they are a top team, the best team in the world. And it's not easy beating them. And we've just come unstuck against them time and time again. And so for these young boys to finally get that win, well, to get a draw and to beat them on penalties and to pick up this piece of silverware, Mikel is absolutely going to point to this when it comes to the, you know, when it comes to the, to the crunch in this coming season, when we're lining up against City, he's going to use this as an example. Say, look, you went toe to toe. You gave as good as you got. You stood your own and you came through it and you won. We could we can absolutely use this. We're going to talk about um, the team news shortly, but I've, I've missed it up again. And this is Charlie coming in saying, hi, guys. Long time since I caught a live stream. Sorry, Wayne, to cover you temporarily. A decaf cappuccino and a galaxy chocolate digestive tonight for the snack shake. Galaxy chocolate digestives. Didn't even know that was a thing. I'm going to have to get out there. Is that Charlie? Let me know. Are you in the UK? Is that something available in all? I've never you know? seen. Oh, actually, no, I have yeah. seen it. I have seen it. I saw it in, te- in Sainsbury's. Chocolate, yeah. Um, mate, yeah. I'm flabbergasted. Right, it's a snack check. What you got, Yimbele? I have got the standard orange Kit Kat. I've got a packet of these because they're so delectable. Orange so Kit Kat? Yeah, I've had these I before. I you have? Why am I so far behind? Yeah, go on. No, 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 mate. You've had one of these. I'm pretty sure you have. I think you're losing orange your mind as usual. I, mate, I don't know. I've had a mint Kit Kat and that wasn't too bad. But orange, no, these are good. Yeah. These are good. Which right. has been in the fridge in your nemesis? The fridge has been in the oh, fridge. God, chocolate in the fridge. Don't start. The chat will be dominated by that. But chocolate <laughs> Kit Kat. All right, fair enough. Orange Kit Kat. Gordon, was that? What have you got tonight? You got anything on on standby, or are you still on your uh, health kick? A little. Oh, a classic. He's off. He's off the health kick. That's the, that's, a, that's the way to go. Classic. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Classic. They can be a bit sickly after a while, but obviously you're not going to do yeah, the whole thing. Nah, 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 yeah, nah, 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 nah. I have I've got... gone through two packets of those in one sitting. Beautiful. <laughs> Dying oh, yeah, that's a good Cadbury one. That's a good one. Oh, Mate, do you know what? Oh, it's, an abs- it's unbelievable. I mean, look, Cadbury's milk chocolate, they knock it out of the park all the time with their fruit and nut or whole nut or whatever it is that they've got. Um, but the dime ones, the little crunch that you get, oh, mm. absolutely sensational. I like the milk or- you know the milk or- You know the milk or ones with dime? Those are also mm. elite as well. Mm. Oh. Mm. But they don't do oh. dime. They don't do dime anymore on their own here, do they? I've not seen it for a while. Dime, you know, dime on its own. I haven't seen it. I've not seen them either. But this is this is stupendous. Um, whatever snack you guys are, are enjoying, um, do to tuck into that. And Charlie, I'm going to look out for your comments about. <laughs> Was has lost it. He's gone. He's gone. Um, let's go to Was oh. straight away. Let's talk about team lineup. Um, these images, courtesy of Arsenal.com, of course. Now was I think we all expected Mikel to go strong. Pep went strong. And the team, and I think you're going to echo these uh, thoughts, I was really pleased to see the midfield that we saw, and I was immensely pleased to see Kai Havertz up top. So, again, look, Ramsdale in goal, Ben White playing at right back, Saliba, imperious, what a what a roller, Rolls-Royce alongside Gabriel. <laughs> we'll talk about him, don't you worry. With Yuri and Timber at left back, another really impressive performance from the new boy. Uh, Thomas Partey and Declan Rice, that's the midfield duo, if you like, that I wanted pre-season. I was, I was wondering what Mikel was doing with Havertz at left eight. And listen, there is, there is going to be a need for a more attacking player at left eight. But I was really pleased to see against Manchester City that he went with these two, with Erdegaard just ahead, Saka, Martinelli and Havertz at number nine. When the team news was announced was, how did you feel? What were you thinking? Yeah, excited, mate. That's exactly the team I was hoping for. This is exactly the team I'd have selected and... And it just sort of it fell into circumstance with with Gabby Jesus being unavailable, and I know that uh, Eddie might have got the nod, but I just, you know, you needed someone to occupy centre backs and drop in, and and that's what Kai Havertz has got a lot about. You know, we're gonna I know we're gonna talk about individuals, but yeah, as a, as the as as a, as a balanced team, 
I just think that's absolutely perfection. You've got serious that that box four that we spoke about last season that included Jacko. You know, if you're replacing Rice with Jacko, it's just so strong. The physical capabilities that you know we are a real, real man's team, and and I think it was one of the most mature Arsenal performances I've seen for a long, long time because. I think Yem alluded to it early quite well. There's so many micro situations when you play teams like Manchester City and every individual stepped up and, and they were so calm and composed. And And that starts from the back with players like Timba, Saliba, Gabriel, their confidence, their, Ben White, their confidence, their calmness on the ball. And it just exudes through the team. And when you've got big physical characters that are fully engaged in matches and, and you can control and dominate against teams like Man City at stages, and then you're happy to sit off and soak up pressure and just be clever and sit in. Yeah, I mean, the lineup's perfect for that. And then, obviously, we got the quick out balls with the wingers. you got the magician, Erdegaard. And then you got Kai who was, you know, used, utilised to try and um, occupy the two centre-backs. And, yeah, perfect, perfect 11 for me. And I was really, really excited when I saw that team because even without, you know, I, I would have still been using Kai in rotation as a centre-forward or a left-eight on occasion. But Jesus would start, obviously. But, yeah. Really, really pleased when, when when I saw that come out. I've just got to bring some of the the, the, the snack check chat in. KSSMYW, hello, my friend. Looking forward to new season. Looking forward to your comments throughout the season. Chocolate in the fridge, disgusting. Red card for Yembele. And Eater twenty three. He's just said he's had three Galaxy bars on the check. Flip Doc saying elite snack check from an elite panel. Up the latte. <laughs> Dime dairy milk is fabulous. Um, and listen. Dylan Mystery, you can get Dime at Ikea. You are absolutely spot on. And that variety of Dime with their chocolate is unbelievable. And uh, I'm I'm still annoyed at Ikea for shutting down in Edmonton. That was my local one. Um, this is great. Ham saying, currently scranning McDonald's in a car park. Mate, I love that you're tuning in. I love that you sat in your car and you're just inhaling McDonald's. I need to know your order, though. You've just got to just, 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 you know, message me in the chat. What are you eating, mate? What's your order at Mackie D's? Because we've all got an order. Uh, Yembele. Um, was mentioned this is the strongest perfect 11 that he wanted to pick the thing that struck me is just how physically big and imposing we've become you know we've got units at the back I think prior to this summer Granite Xhaka was the tallest outfield player that we've got or that we had rather now you look through the I guess the core spine you know Declan Rice big deckers coming in six foot plus Kai Havertz six foot plus we've got a bit of a presence and even like you know we were sat behind the goal yesterday literally like row two row three whatever it was you could see at corners, set pieces, both defending and attacking. Like all of a sudden, we've got this real presence about us. Um, why do you think that's important, yeah? Because teams are still are getting bigger as well. Look at Man City; they're not short. They're not a short team. We we went through this period, you know, just after the Invincibles, of you know Barcelona were kind of bringing this style of small technical players who could really move the ball. But it, you know, and that period was you know what Wenger went through. But I think for now. You need f- pure athletes, ones who can go, be very good technically on the ball, but also tall enough to cope with. You know, you've got people like Ivan Tony. You've got big Harland is a is a machine. You you've got to have the right people to compete with that. And Arteta rightly has realised that. You know, he's gone out, he's looking for the right profile of player in our midfield, which are big but tech can play technically. Declan Rice is a, a monster you know you don't appreciate how big he is until you actually see him live some of these players are are monstrous Saliba I don't know if he's got bigger I don't know what's going on the boy's getting bigger what the heck and he's he's, he's a monster now um 
you know, it's it's crazy. You know, before we were all used to these small players, you know, like Sesk, with all due respect, Sesk, Pleb, all these guys. And now it's just, you know, we're, we're trying to build up this team of superb athletes, which is which is really good to see. You know, Kai Havertz, again, allude, you know, alluding to what was said, you know, he's a, he's a really interesting player because of what his skill set is. But he's also tall as well. If he can, you know, bring that, you know, he's he's been noted as being very good in the box, being on the end of crosses, etc. We need that up front. It, it, it's all well and good having it at the back. We score a lot of goals from corners. You know, Gabriel is a master at it. But up front, we create so many crosses and got, they go, you know, begging. And you're, you're looking for a presence up there with all due respect. Jesus is a fabulous player, but he does lack in the, in the height area and you kind of want that variation. We have to be different as well. You, you're not going to always face the same team. You're going to face low blocks. You're going to face, you know, different challenges. Yesterday was a perfect example, and you need that variation. So I'm really pleased that, you know, with Arteta especially, is thinking about variation, unpredictability. That's what we want this season, that we're not going to be easy to, you know, figure out. That's what happened second half of the season. People figured us out because we were limited. We're not that anymore. You know, look at the personnel. We've got depth as well to change how we play. Really, really impressive. But I think the height is just something to help another weapon that, you know, crosses, going up against, you know, the cities. City are a big team. Liverpool, big team. You know, Man United are a big team. You have to compete physically. You don't want to be second best to these balls, you know, whether they're the first or second. You want to be able to challenge. I think Mikel and Edu have identified, you know, quite rightly where our deficiencies are and have addressed them. I, I'm I'm pleased that we're, getting, we're going this route. ENA says that midfield will be top once they settle in together too. Very excited for Champions League nights at the Emirates. Of course, the draw for the Champions League in just three and a bit weeks' time. Uh, the knockout stages against the big boys. Whew, absolutely. Um, Ham has come back in and says, today, today, I went with three chicken select meals. Uh, sorry, three chicken selects. A free Big Mac with my rewards point. You cannot be a Big Mac. He's such an elite burger. And a chocolate pie. Unbelievable, by the way. Hamlet, enjoy. I can just, I'm just picturing you now, sitting in your car, eating your McDonald's, watching Latte Firm. What a, what a, what a world. Brilliant. Um, was, let's talk about the game. We'll talk about individual performance in just a moment. But the way the game flowed, I thought it was a fascinating game. I was mm. expecting, me, expecting it to be tight. It was a bit like a game of chess, you know, two or two boxes sort of sparring with one another. I thought City came out and started really well. And I think we managed to sort of cope, just hang in there. We changed a few things and grew into the game, became a bit more confident. That sort of middle 15 minutes of the first half, we were good. And then they started edging again. And, you know, both teams looked a bit dangerous. They were cutting us open, I felt. or Sorry, they weren't cutting us open. It felt like they could cut us open at any time. But then we had the better chances. And Kai Havertz, you know, could have, maybe should have scored. We go in at halftime, nil-nil. No real complaints. Come out second half, and I thought City flew out first 15, 20 minutes. Again, grew back into the game. Cole Palmer coming off the bench, scoring a sublime goal, to be fair to the boy. Uh, brilliant, brilliant goal. At that point, you could be forgiven for sitting in the stands thinking, mm, OK, I wonder what time we're going to leave the stadium, and I wonder what, what train we're going to get, because it was so late in the game. Then we get the injury time. Of course, Thomas Partey and Carl Walker clash heads, and we're looking at the clock, thinking ref's going to be a wanker here and not let us get, you know, not let us get those extra minutes back. And then the wee man, Leo Trossard, the right man at the right time, at the right place, albeit a deflected goal, but ninety plus eleven minutes. Look, I've just given you a very brief overview of how the game flowed in my eyes. Talk us, talk us through the, the two key moments. You know, the goal from Cole Palmer, 
um, how you felt at that moment, and then for Arteta to make the changes that he did. Because let's talk about um, Trossard, but also Eddie Nketiah's impact. You know, we've been on the channel, we've talked about Eddie before. I thought his energy was brilliant yesterday, really yeah. changed it up. He was running in behind, causing chaos, gave Trossard that space. Talk, talk me through those sort of two key moments and the subs from, from, from Mikel. Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the City goal is entirely frustrating because we all know Thomas Partey should not have been on a yellow card. He's flipping outrageous referee. And I mean, you know, we, we, can, we know we can sit here and talk about Rodri making 375,000 fouls and, and still never getting booked. And, and that's the harsh reality of the situation. Thomas Partey, first incident again, toe pokes the ball about five yards away, not even booting it away, you know, and it's just, it's absolutely, the, the behaviour from the referee to give him a booking at that stage of the game like that is just outrageous. And then to not follow it through for the rest of the game with his cards is just yeah, shambolic. But so that goal, essentially, I mean, Phil Foden spun him on a sixpence, fantastic play, but you know what you do as a centre midfielder, you just pull him back, but he couldn't do that because he's on a yellow card. So after that, was very unlucky because Declan actually made the recovery run and he, he he deflected the the pass was meant to go out wide to the two geezers free on the wing and the deflection took it into Tierney's path and I think he got caught a bit cold just come on the pitch loose touch from him you know I think if he was maybe in the game a little bit longer he'd have you know took that down in his stride and, and we'd have we'd have broke away but the loose touch it falls to him and then it's sort of all over the place and as you say a fantastic finish from from Cole Palmer but you know, it's just a bit unfortunate. As I say, Declan did get back in. He did get contact on the ball. We stopped it from going wide. And just KT just, you know, is a bit cold there. And and obviously, the scenario with the yellow card um, for Thomas Party sort of allowed that situation. But I don't, you know, he's got to get tight like that. We've got to be aggressive like that. We have to play that. And if someone like Foden does something like that, you know, what can you do? It's a really good turn. So I wouldn't give Thomas Party too much stick for that. Um, but yeah, that was their goal. Um Substitutions, you make a really good point. Obviously, we had Kai who was occupying the centre-backs. He was trying to get physically involved. He was dropping deep. And then he brought on Eddie, who, who as you said, run channels. You know, he, he really did run the channels well. He was stretching the defence, trying to get us back in the game. Weren't really much chance creation from our point, but we, we was, you know, we were trying something different. And it's interesting to see that he's he's got sort of horses for courses there and he's using different players for different things. And this is, this is what I want to see from Mikel because... In the past few years, he's been guilty of not doing that. And that, that's not a slight on him, but he has he's still learning. But now you can see he's, he's, he's working it out. We've got these different profiles, but they can all sort of interact in a similar way. Uh, you touched on Kai Havertz, two chances. thought the first one, very unlucky. Ball behind him, great spin. You know, on another day, that trickles into the bottom corner. Second one, he should score. But what, what I take joy out of there is intelligence. Just to step off them two centre-backs... Saka knew exactly what he was doing. I reckon they must practice that 2,000 times a week in training, you know. Centre forward, just dropping off. Saka don't even need to look up. Picks him out perfectly. Right-footed strike, he should score. But he's promising, you know. It's really promising. And we'll talk about individuals in a bit. I know I'm going more into it. But, yeah, it was a good chance creation against such a strong side in City. And as you said, they sort of, they looked strong. I didn't think we, I didn't feel threatened. I felt we were confident. I felt we were comfortable. I felt we were so, so intelligent. And, and as I said earlier, it exuded from the back. I believed so much in the defenders and they just didn't look phased. And someone like Durian Timber has just come in and just looked a million dollars. And yeah, it was really, really good. And then obviously the goal, as you say, all the, all the injury time, the corner came back out, you know, as lucky as you like, but it doesn't matter. If you don't shoot, you don't score. So, you know, fair play to him. He 
dropped the shoulder. Alvarez, I don't know where he's down the chip shot. I don't know why he's spinning like that. He should have just stood his ground. It was terrible defending. And then, um, you know, he's hit the left-footed shot, a couple of little nicks, and then in the net and a pandemonium behind the goal. But as you say, we, you know, I think we thoroughly deserve that. We, we deserve that bit of luck. It was an enthralling game, a top, top elite level. And like you said, it was like watching two, two heavyweight boxers jabbing and um, no one really landing a knockout blow. But when it's at the top, top level like that, it's quite enjoyable watching jabs, if you get what I mean. If, you, if you're watching lower, lesser, lesser sides, that it's just the, the technical level and the, and the speed and the power. You get to appreciate so much when it's there in front of your eyes. And it's, it's an absolute joy to watch. It really is. So fantastic game and, and, and a real good opener to the season. But I was so, so proud and pleased with our performance. And, and yeah, we, we thoroughly deserve to, um, to get a bit of luck at the end there. And, and then we, we took it in our favour and obviously went on and, and scored our pens. Yeah, no, you're quite right. I mean, listen, there's a couple of things that stand out for me in what you've just said. First up, the referee, Stuart Outwell, uh, Daniel Lamare, saying Stuart Outwell was top-tier incompetence merchant. Um, he didn't have the best game, and, and I felt the, the the bookings were just crazy. I mean, we had six fouls yesterday, and we got three players booked. Uh, Manchester City conceded 11 fouls, and they had one player booked, and ironically, that was for a player kicking the ball away, not even for any of the fouls. And Man. it just felt like one of those afternoons, like, you know, any sort of challenge... City are just good at doing that. They're so good at the little cynical tugs, you know, pulls. They, they just, it, it is almost a bit of an art. Like they've mastered it so well. And then the second thing is, you know, you talk about the heavyweight boxers, you know, going at it. I think what I take away from yesterday's game, and I know there's still some weeks to go in the transfer window, so that Liverpool might surprise us and Chelsea are, are just spending on all sorts and the latest link today is Neymar. But these two teams, these two clubs, these two managers, I think are ahead of the rest. And I think these two are the two teams to catch. And obviously, you know, City are the benchmark. They're the treble winners, 90 plus points, five Premier League titles in six seasons, all of that jazz. But we are going to be closest to them, I think. Um, you mentioned the penalties, and that's where we're going to just focus on very quickly. Yembele, we did win the game on penalties, four immaculate penalties. Fabio Vieira, as he's just popping up on screen, getting the winning one. And Aaron Ramsdale, who we'll talk about on the next slide, but he, of course, you know, he did save a penalty, and now he's getting into the habit of saving pens. I mean, Yem, when it comes to penalties, it's always, you kind of feel it's 50-50. Like you never really quite know. We won the toss, the, you know, the cheer went up. We knew it was going to be down our end. And it was a really good shootout. Kevin De Bruyne smashing it against the bar after Odegaard put us 1-0 up. Drossard and Saka following. Rodri, the shitbag, missing his penalty, which was fantastic. And then Fabio Vieira, I mean, he, he couldn't have thrown that into the net any more perfect into that top corner. He could have had three goalkeepers keeping goal and, and no one would have stopped that. And it was lovely for Fabio because he's come under a lot of stick. And it was nice to see him celebrate, pointing to his badge and, you know, wheeling away in front of the fans. Um, how are you feeling during the pens, Yem? Were you confident all the way through? Um, you know, what, what do you think of the of the way that the boys did the job? Oh, no, I think the boys did an immense job. Um, I was nervous. I think you can't lie and not say you're not nervous. It's a penalty shootout. You're right next to it. How can your heart not be, you know, thumping? But what I what I noticed as well, and some an article picked it up as well, was that the boys actually took just a few seconds to calm down, compose themselves. None of them rushed their penalties, which is actually really good. You know, they've been thinking about this. You know, all of them literally just took a breath, thought about it, and calmly went for it, which is what you need in these kind of situations. Even if it's if it was at the other end, it's always a good thing to have. You know, you, you want to be calm as you take a penalty. You don't want to rush it, make a mistake, etc. 
And I think they've had good experience during pre-season. It's really good. You know, I thought they were all excellent penalties. The worst actually was Bakayas because that was the one that was the most saleable. The rest of them were really excellent. I thought, you know, Trossard, for me, I wasn't worried about his one because Trossard's shot is usually quite immaculate. Um, Bakayo obviously has had a few issues with his penalties, but it was all really good. You know, all of them did so well with the penalties. And then obviously we'll talk about, you know, Ram, Ramsdale. But, you know, confidence it's all confidence. This is what it is. It's a confidence-building exercise. We've got over another hump. We've beaten a team on penalties. We've done really well. We haven't missed any penalties. No one's confidence is down. Vieira scored, you know, having missed the penalty again in the nothing game. You know, he, he, he must be buzzing right now because he scored the winning penalty. You know, it's all these things that builds players' confidence. And this is what you want at the start of a Premier League season. Confidence, momentum, you know, to keep going because this is this is what's going to keep us going for a couple of months. Then it's again another cycle of more victories. Bigger t- go up, go up against your rivals again. Beat them. Keep going. Keep the momentum going. It's all really good. And yesterday's performance in the penalty shootout is only just going to add to that for my money. Um, was Yem beat me to the punch because there was a, there was something really interesting about the wait for the Arsenal fans before they hit their penalties. And according to our excellent friend and regular contributor to the channel, AFC James, um, James has been doing some studies on penalties and what Arsenal have done differently. And it is that wait time. So let me just reel some of these off. Sorry, I haven't got it as a graphic, ladies and gents, boys and girls. But Martin Odegaard, when he stepped up for his penalty, he waited 6.2 seconds after the ref blew his whistle. De Bruyne, 1.1 seconds. Leo Trossard waited 7.41 seconds after the whistle was blown for his Ben. Bernardo Silva, 1.1 seconds. Bukayo Saka, 7.34 seconds again before he took his penalty. Rodri, only 1.3 seconds. And then, of course, Fabio Vieira waited again seven seconds after the ref had blown his whistle. And Ramsdale talked about how the squad had been preparing on pens for like two years. It's a large part of the mental side that Yemin mentions. I mean, there is a bit of a science to taking penalty shootouts. And, you know, when I read those numbers in the seconds, like I didn't, I couldn't, it didn't register to me at the time because, of course, you know, adrenaline's going, the excitement's going, you're shitting yourself, you're, you're just hoping that a, a player scores. But it's really interesting to know that our players are waiting between six and seven seconds before they took the shot. Whereas City would just, you know, ref blows a whistle, one second, off you pop. Um, mentally, it's just, it, I just find that fascinating. Um, what do you think, was? Yeah, it's a very psychological sport and everyone, that you know, there's many, many ways to get edges and that's just the way we do things. But if City had stepped up and smacked them all in the net, no one had said anything about how many seconds <laughs> it takes. That's the harsh reality of it, mate. You, if you put the ball in the net from 11 yards, it don't matter if you wait 20 seconds or one second, you just got to score. Um, but yes... It, it obviously is something that they've worked on. It's, it's consistent throughout our penalties. You know, they're standing there, they're taking the breath, getting the air in there, you know, making their decisions and, and going for it. So, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 do, I do just think you're stepping them up with just you and the keeper and it's, it is what it is. You put the ball in the net and if you, any any penalty that goes in the net is a good penalty in my eyes and any penalty that don't is a bad one. So <laughs> I kind of like, I look, I look at that in a bit of a simplistic way, really, without trying to make too much science of it. It really is you versus the man in front of you. But, you know, if that's what they've been working on and, and it is a it's a way of dealing with the stress and the pressure of the situation and almost you can sort of imagine taking your time, zoning in, ignoring everything around you, your surroundings and just picturing where you're going to put the ball and, and, and doing it. So, yeah, happy days. Four very clinical penalties, not a problem. Um, just touching on Fabio as well is really, really important. Uh, it, it kind of, to me, although it was a community shield and it's a, it just felt like a seminal moment for his Arsenal career, 
because I felt that had he missed that, it's going to be a lot. He's had a lot of stick, and he's still learning. He's still physically getting there. He's still adapting to the way we play. But he's a very, very talented footballer. He's a seriously talented footballer that can contribute big, big numbers to Arsenal in this squad. I'm not talking about starting every week. I'm talking about being involved in certain games, coming off the bench in rotation and contributing between 10 and 15 goals and assists throughout the season. And they're, they're the kind of players, including Trossard, including Vieira, all these kind of guys are the ones that win you things. Because you start an 11, we've seen it, you can't can't stay with a starting 11 for the whole season. So I'll digress a bit there. But it's important to see the confidence of these players stepping up, squad players doing their bit, the captain stepping up first and... Yeah, maybe from now on when I do anything or I'm at McDonald's about to order, I'll just wait six seconds before I uh, rush into any situation. You know, being calm and measured and taking your time is a good way to go. I think I might do that as well. Next time I'm in the old drive through I'll take a few seconds and then place my order. Um, thank you for that. By the way, there are hundreds of you watching live right now. Please do drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new because we are, we've just passed 20,000 subscribers and we're on to the next milestone. And get involved in the chat. As you can see, I'm, I'm bringing up some comments. And, uh, yeah, just keep it friendly and, and, and keep it moving. Let's go. Uh, right, let's talk about Ramsdale because and, and some sort of individual performances. Uh, Ramsdale made some really key saves. And we're going to talk about our new boys in just a second. But uh, we mentioned Phil Foden earlier was great turn on Thomas Party. Had a chance to, to really win it for City quite late on. But Ramsdale made a really good save. Um, Ramsdale also made that save from that Rodri header at the corner, which was really impressive. And then, of course, the penalty shootout. I love that picture at the bottom there, courtesy of now underscore Arsenal. Lots of talk this week about David Raya coming in. Let's not focus too much on the new signing um, because Matty Turner is going to go to Forest. That's already been agreed. David Raya should be a gunner, uh, a gunner sorry, by, the, by you know uh, the end of the week. Um, but Ramsdale's performance. The article that came out in the Players' Tribune, he's obviously gone through a bit of a moment where he wanted to express his feelings about a number of really important things. Um, some Arsenal fans aren't happy with him, but I think he started the season and started, you know, the Community Shield really well. Um, uh, was just sticking with you, Ramsdale, his performance overall. Top, top game yesterday. Really top game. They're, they're the, this is the thing with Aaron Ramsdale. We all know he's got that in his locker. The, the, I think the, the issue with Arsenal fans with Ramsdale is, is consistency. But that comes with age. That comes with... Maybe it does come with competition. Maybe, you know, maybe... You know, he's it's easy when you've got Matt Turner there who's never going to start and, and there's no real... And now we're going into Champions League football, we're going to have that. But also, that obviously, it's heartbreaking what happened to Aaron and, and you see him come out and speak like that. But sometimes when someone relieves, gets all of that off their shoulders, it's a big thing. And, and when you get that out there in the public domain and, and people maybe a bit more understanding and he might be standing there feeling completely relieved, you know? Because there could have been times at the back end of last season with all the stress and the pressures and stuff going on that he's standing there with all the fans behind him and he, he might feel the weight of them on his back, on his shoulders. But for me, yesterday, he just looked like a, a keeper that was enjoying himself. He looked confident. He was never under any stress. They pressed very high. He was completely comfortable with the ball at his feet. And in big moments, he made big saves because in the first half, he didn't didn't have any to make. But and then second half, three really big moments. As you say, just after they score, he couldn't do nothing about the goal, but the Phil Foden save is absolutely fantastic off the leg. And then the, the, the low low near post corner, the diving header from Rodri, another brilliant save. And then, um, and then yeah, he gets all the stick about not saving penalties and, and he steps up and, and does save one. So 
it's it's really nice to see performances like that. We all know that Aaron Ramsdale is on his day an elite level keeper, and he really is because he can play, he can save, he can be a bit more dominant. But he's still growing, and he is, he is still growing, and it's it's interesting to see where he's at and and how well respected he is by. When you listen to people like David Seaman talk about him, I heard him earlier. They was sort of questioning him about David Raya, and he was just saying, "Look, Aaron Ramsdale's number one." He said, "I don't I don't care what anyone says. This guy is." top top draw and when you you have to listen to people like David Seaman when they talk because he knows you know and he's been in and around it so what we want to see from Ramsdale is that level of consistency and maybe if he's being pushed if he's being forced to be that consistent if there's going to be rotation in Champions League fixtures and that it's going to keep him on his toes and keep him going and and as I said now he's got that maybe that hoodoo off his back with that personal life situation and he's come out and spoke his piece hopefully now he can he can move forward and and feel mentally and physically back to the top of his game because um, we re- we really need him there, mate. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, any sort of like quick thoughts on Matty Turner, of course, who leaves the club this week, a fee of up to £10 million for Matt Turner, the US men's national goalkeeper, Arsenal backup, hasn't really had much time at Arsenal. And David Ryer, of course, coming in. Um, anything you want to add on that, Yembele? No, I, I, I echo was sentiments. You know, I saw the David Seaman interview um, and it was, you know, he's talking about, you know, competition. That's what it is. It's, you know, Aaron Ramsdale should see this as an opportunity to grow, to get better. As as was said, Matt Turner, with all due respect, was never going to help, was not going to challenge Ramsdale. They're not the same kind of goalkeeper. David Ryer is much closer mm. and it is a challenge. If Ramsdale is fight. anything... It's a yeah. fight out there, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it will be now because the thing is, is that... <laughs> Raya is is a top goalkeeper. We all know that. But Aaron Ramsdale is 24. He's got masses of potential still to go through. And he should look at this as nothing but a challenge. And I think he will because that's his current personality. So I actually think this is something to bring out the best in Aaron Ramsdale. And I think he should look at that, look at it as that. If he doesn't, then he will fall away. But if he is what he's been, which is a fighter throughout every club he's been to, then he'll come up on come out on top as a better goalkeeper more consistent that's all it is do you know what as was said he's got the big saves in him but it's about consistency and unfortunately in a goalkeeper in the goalkeeping game it is about consistency flip doc says rambo thrives on pressure bringing in raya is only going to make both players better i mean just final question on the goalkeeper situation yeah before we move to the to the new boys what do you think arteta is going to do do you think he's going to have a number one like david seaman says look he's that he's established or do you think he's going to rotate maybe between competitions you know, two top goalkeepers at a club. I think it's going to be become the trait now. You know, we've seen like Champions League rotation uh, from Manchester City. We've seen uh, FA Cup, League Cup rotation. I mean, is that the plan? Do you reckon, Yem? It's a really hard one because you'd think that's the obvious plan, but the problem is goalkeeping is very different to the squad. They, you know, it, it's it's. I've never seen two goalkeepers who can, you know stay in their lane if we call it that you know oh I'm going to play in the Champions League and the FA in the Cups and I play in the league and I'm happy with that they're never happy with that there has always been a defined number one we've had it as well you know Emmy Martinez and Bert Leno someone had to win out there were two excellent goalkeepers and Bert Leno won out Ramsdale and Bert Leno Ramsdale won out it's really hard I would love to say that it could work equally, but I think one of them is going to win out. It it just seems to be the cycle of how things are. Um, 
you know, there was always a number one and number two, you know, even last season in the uh, Europa League, Matty Turner, let's be honest, Arteta didn't have enough trust in him and brought Aaron Ramsdale back for the sporting game. So I always think there is a defined who number one. Who got lobbed from the halfway line, might I add, as did, well in that he game. He did, but <laughs> yeah. it, again, you go, he went to his number one, didn't he, regardless? Yeah. You got any thoughts it, on that, was? Oh, sorry, I thought, sorry, there was a lag. No, go on, no, no, go, go, go for it. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, go on, was. Okay, you got any yeah, thoughts no, on the goalkeeping situation was? Is it going to be you know, battle out, you know, an outright battle for number one or is it going to be a bit of rotation between the competitions? I think it will be competition rotation. But as Yem said, it's very, very difficult with, with keepers because it's not the same. If, it, if, you go, if a keeper goes through a bad spell, you know, they've got to be rotated out. But it really is an interesting situation, to be fair, because it's not the norm. It's not the norm to have two keepers of that ability. And as Yem said, it might well be a case that we've wanted Raya for, for quite a few years. We know he was in for him previously. They've now found the opportunity to get their man for what seems like after the sale of Turner, you know, a, a cheap price, a really cheap price. So, you know, it's, it's not something we should be concerned about. It's something we should be excited about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know where my head and heart lies with that because keeping situations really are strange. And I think a lot of it is form and keepers are confident you know and they're, they're a strange breed of humans as well you, keepers are nuts aren't they they're all nuts so as Yem said it's going to be very difficult to keep two two goalkeepers in, in their lane but you know hopefully they come in they kick on they get on a great relationship and they and they breed confidence but there's what I would say is there's no way that David Rao will be joining his football club without knowing his guaranteed role there's no way that Aaron Ramsdale won't be made clear of what's happening and there's no way that the goalkeeping coach who had worked extensively with him would be suggesting to even bring him into the club if it weren't the best thing for the situation. So I think we just need to look at it as a as a really, really big upgrade on the squad. Lots of chat about it being a dogfight out there. Uh, Grumpy doctors think it's a dogfight <laughs> out there for goalkeeper's dog. Uh, there was a, a really good point here from um, Ham, by the way, who's just come in. I'm, I hope you've polished that Big Mac, my friend. He says, should also mention that Turner's lived the dream. Was a college player not even five years ago. Grew up as an Arsenal fan. The American Jenkinson. Uh, that's a really good point, Ham. <laughs> and listen, Matty Turner, um, you know, best wishes at Nottingham Forest, your new club. Um, you know, once a gunner, always a gunner and all that. And as much as I've loved uh, having you as part of the squad and whatnot, I hope we actually, I hope we absolutely smash you on Saturday. And, you know, we, we smash six past you, mate, on your on your debut. Uh, that's not going to be fun, but it will be for us. Um, <laughs> we've talked about Kai Havertz. We've talked, to, we've touched upon Declan Rice. I want to focus on Yuri and Timber. Um, sticking with you was, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll get your thoughts on Deck, Deckers, as well, Deckers as well. Um, Yuri and Timber could potentially be the best signing of the lot um you know yeah he's played most of his time at Ajax as a centre-back he has played right back at Ajax he played left back in his youth days um he's come in and he has blown me away you know he's played right back he's played left back now twice for Arsenal looks like he's been here for years tell me what you see when you see Yuri and Timber was what qualities does he bring and to your point when you came down to see me at half time does Alexander Sinchenko have a bit of pressure on him. Yes. Was yours. Oh, mate. I mean, this guy from from the obviously we've seen him previously at Ajax and stuff like that, and you could you could see his technical qualities. You could see what he was good at. Obviously, his numbers stack up. The most progressive passes and stuff like. That. But what 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 he gives me the most is confidence. I'm supremely confident in his ability. He, he is so 
secure and safe in everything he does. And it just makes me feel nice. Like, look at, look, look at Tommy Asu and I just feel, I'm never, like, massively comfortable. It's a bit clunky, I, you know, he's, and I just think, I look at Timber in there and he's on, as you said, he's playing at left-back and I just think, wow. And he's so multi-versatile, like, he's everywhere. He, at one stage in the first half yesterday, he was literally running through in number nine position. He had made a run. And he's one of them players that will seize opportunities. He's very structural and he can be clever like that. But if he sees an opportunity, he'll go for it. And that's really what I like because he's got his own mental intelligence, he's his own football IQ. And, and that's what, obviously, our best teams have always had that. We've had really clever footballers. And all the additions we've made to the squad have been supremely intelligent. But Timba, I mean, physically, physically unbelievable. You can see it already. He, he looks, even against Man City, a team like Man City, he looks like, um, he looks like, he looks like a year 11 playing with the year sevens in the playground. If you know what I mean? He just, he just looks so strong and confident and, and, and running around like, and I, I just, this is not even him playing in his actual role. So it's a bit like the, the situation with the keepers. He's come in now. Zinchenko, it's not even his position by the way. And it's Ben White and Zinchenko have both got to watch out and the, and the rotation and the options are there. But what we've seen from Timber so far I mean, he continued performances in like that, mate. How do you, you, you can't drop the guy because he was just so, so strong and he's so comfortable. And yeah, it was, it, as you said, it could, could work out being the, the best, best of all because we all knew last season what happened. I think we had, back in the last season, we had three single points of failure for me. I was looking at Saliba, I was looking at Ben White and I was looking at Thomas Party. And I thought to myself, if we lose any of them three, we're in, you know, we're in desperate trouble. We're not going to be able to compete. And what we've done is addressed. We've addressed that in in all three of those roles have been addressed. And and on that right hand side now, you've got Timber, you've got White, you've got Saliba. On the left hand side, Zinchenko, Tierney, Kirior, Gabriel. But Timber's just proven there. He's so versatile, and and Tommy Asu as well. Like we we really are stacked, and it is so so good to see. Different profiles, different physicality levels, horses for courses. This is where we need to get excited because for all the years I've been saying about Arteta, I've, I've been unhappy with his rotation, unhappy with his selections, unhappy with his certain in-game management. Mate, he's there now. He's got what he wants. He, we really are at a level. I would not be upset to see any of them defenders play and I would not be concerned. Kirill's still a bit raw. He's maybe the only one that's going to take a little bit more time to, to get up to scratch, but... Yeah, my God, what an addition to the unit. Because you that, that across that back four, when you saw that yesterday, Timber, Gabriel, Saliba and um, Ben White, we're just so strong, so technically good, so calm, so composed, so intelligent. They're proper top, top level, elite level footballers. And um, yeah, genuinely, they're built for the Champions League as well. That's what excites me. Indeed. I mean, look, on Yuri and Timber, I think uh, ENA has just nailed it by saying, look, he's a modern fullback, high level mm. offensively, but defensive output was. This is Mighty what you said. When you, when, when, yeah, when you come around and I said to you, everyone's talking about Sinchenko was, what do you reckon? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I think you said to me, well, you we can do everything Sinchenko can do going forward, but the boy can defend. And you're right. Yeah. I think Sinchenko's probably got some thinking to do. I mean, I felt really sad when Tierney was ousted and Sinchenko turned up. And now Tim, it looks like Tim is going to come in and, and cause a bit of a problem. But I think this is a great problem. And it's a really good problem for Arteta to have. He now needs to rotate. 
He needs to manage the fitness of the squad. I think it also depends on the level of opposition, you know, depending on what teams you're going to play and in-game scenarios, depending on, you know, who you're sort of facing in any sort of fixture. If you've got a really quick uh, winger that you want to show one side or another. Yeah, horses for courses, isn't it, mate? Like yeah. you said, and when yes, you're completely ball dominant, when you're completely ball dominant, Zinchenko's your man. But um, just quickly, that point you said about the defensive ability, for someone like Durian Timber to be playing... It's it's not natural. It's not natural to shift your body shape. Everything you're doing on the left is so different to the right. You know, you, every every angle. But the amount of times he stopped crosses, he was in the right position. He when he had to get tight, he got tight. When he had to drop off, he dropped off. Really, really intelligent footballer. And um, yeah, he's, he's bloody exciting to see a player like that. It's not often you see a defender and you get that feeling with Saliba, don't you? But you get excited by watching him play, and you think. Yeah, that's when you know. When, you, when you're enjoying watching a defender, you know they're, they're top, top players. Indeed. Uh, Yem's just been disturbed by his daughter who's just woken up in the middle of the night, so it's just going to be a few minutes. Um, I do want to talk, I mean, we talked about Havertz, we've touched upon Rice, but any closing thoughts on Deckers yesterday? Obviously, look, yeah. two games for Arsenal, two trophies now. Uh, you know, he's at a serious club, people say. You know, he's, he's finally moved on from West Ham to live the dream. But what did you think of his performance, though? I mean, I don't think he's quite there yet, was you know, and I mean that in a in a fit sort of fitness way. You know, he's he's had a long season with West Ham, played in that yeah. uh, European competition, then played for England, joined up with the camp late. He probably needs another two, three, four weeks to really come up to speed. Would you agree, mate? I completely agree with that. And 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 in this role, a lot of people. This is what I was saying about before he joined. I look at him. I look at his attributes. I look at his qualities. I look what he can be, not what he is and what he was at West Ham. And what you saw there against Man City, very, very intelligent performance. He wasn't stand out. He wasn't, like you said, I don't think he's fully fit. But what he does do, his recovery runs are absolutely fantastic. He's a, such a superior athlete. And people were saying, oh, yeah, against um, lesser opposition. No, mate, honestly, give him a month. Give him two months. Let him learn. Let him enjoy the system. And Declan Rice is like a sponge. Like I alluded to, we've signed three very, very, very intelligent footballers. They know what to do, they know where to be, and they've got spontaneity, they know what they can do. So Declan Rice will grow into that role, he will start contributing more in the final third, he's going to be an absolute monster for this football club. And £100 million might well have been overpriced, but what it does do is give you a man who's a leader, he's at the top, 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 top level, top bracket, he's going to be England captain when Harry Kane retires. And he's such a joy to watch. And this is just the start. And as I said, a tribute wise, he really has got the lot. And we need to be patient. And it's going to be hard to be patient with a price tag. And we will have rotation in certain games. But I'm telling you now, once he gets into his stride, once he gets fully fit, and we come into sort of, I reckon, late October, start of November, this guy is going to be flying. And I, and I really do think as a genuine box-to-box machine with Thomas Parker alongside him, there's not a side out there other than City that we will not be so so dominant against especially in them big games that the back four and then them two in there just gives you an absolute real real big chance but yeah Rice phenomenal right absolutely phenomenal and as you said he's not there yet and that's the exciting thing he's, he's not even close so brilliant I think it's so important that Arsenal hold on to Thomas Party. I just feel really uncomfortable with the fact that the window's still open the links with uh Seri ass clubs like Juventus just won't go away. The links with uh, Saudi clubs, obviously they've got money to spend. And the, I think the Saudi transfer window is open for much longer than our window. So, you know, being able to sell someone, I just hope. They wouldn't do you know, it, Mikel, they wouldn't Yeah, Mikel, if you're watching, mate, 
hang on to both of these players. Uh, Ian A's come back in just saying, I think Rice is the best ball winner in the world. Michael Obi said that just a few moments ago. I'm being serious when I say Rice is the best ball winner in the league. And it was yesterday, wasn't it, when there was that recovery on uh, on Rodri. And look, Rodri's a unit. Rodri's a fabulous player. He's he's the sort of player you hate to play against, the sort of player that you'd love to have in your team. And with Deckers alongside Thomas Party, I mean, we might be looking at the best midfield partnership in the league. Um, and yeah, that's that's how confident I am of these two. And and hopefully they will build that partnership. Uh, Yembele, welcome back. We are now going to talk about keeping Erling Haaland quiet. Um, you can see on your screen there, courtesy of the Opta analyst, Erling Haaland had only 13 touches in the Community Shield game yesterday. There are a couple of videos about um, his sort of, you know, getting possession and then sort of running back to the halfway line, not really knowing what to do with the ball. And I think a lot of it comes down to the way that we contained Manchester City and William Saliba in particular. Uh, you can see the graphic there on the right-hand side, courtesy of now underscore Arsenal. Passing accuracy, unbelievable for a centre-back. And so many of his passes are progressive, you know, up the pitch. He breaks the lines into midfield. He won four of his duels, six recoveries. I think, Yem, you said at the start of the show, he's, you know, what are we feeding him? He seems to have got even bigger. And we forget he's such a young boy still. So, Yem, let's bring you back into the chat. It's great to see William Saliba back from his back injury. Uh, everyone shout, it's Saliba! <laughs> um, but what a player. And... Um, he has an aura about him now. Like he, he just has this presence on the pitch, like Van Dyke esque man. Like Van Dyke at his peak for Liverpool. You know, Henko saying Saliba getting the aura and didn't hear him. Uh, he says Harland only getting thirteen touches, lost the ball five times. Saliba is massive. I think the word you're looking for is gargantuan. Uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts on on young William Saliba? Because he looks an absolute monster of a player. I mean, his first season, he looked a monster. This season, he's had a he's had a year more experience of Premier League football. I, I'm scared. I'm honestly scared what he's going to become because he already looks so composed, so calm about every situation. I didn't. I, I don't think I've seen him flabbergasted by anything. He was going up against the prototype, you know, the prototype striker, effectively in Haaland. Didn't look phased by him. Didn't look scared by him. You know. With all due respect to Rob Holding, when I w- when I went to watch him in the FA Cup, you know, game against City, he looked worried. You know, every time the ball went to Haaland, he was dead scared and he was rushing in. Saliba is the complete opposite because he knows he's got him. You know, he may not get him on the header, but he'll get him on the second ball and he'll get him in the chat in in the foot race. He is that confident in his own ability, and he's and and he's got every right to be because he's got every attribute. He can pass the ball. He's so calm in everything, you know, picking out a pass. Where do I go? Where am I positioned? Who's next to me, etc. It's all there for him. And I think, you know, he's going to get better. That's the scary thing. He's got so much more to add to his game. He, you know, there was a point yesterday, do you remember, you know, when when we brought Trossard and Vieira on, we took off Gabriel. (laughs) He was at one, for the Trossard goal, he was the only defender back. You're like, yeah, I'm all right with that, actually. That's not too bad. You know, he'll be fine. Because <laughs> if they broke on us, sleep will be fine. But it's crazy to think, you know, the look, we've we've eulogized about Decton Rice, 105 million, with how big a signing he's going to be. Urian Timber's a great signing. Saliba signing a four-year deal for me, hands down, was the best piece of business this summer. If we had lost it, if we went into the final year of his contract with him not committed it would have been heartbreaking because all the best development from William Saliba is going to be with us. And we've got four more years minimum of him dominating the premiership in terms of defending, because with all due respect, Van Dyke still good defender, but he is probably starting to wane down. 
William Saliba is only 22 years old. The man is, you know, just getting going. And I can't, I can't fathom where he's going to go to because he's so good already. And as I said, he's looking bigger already. He, you know, he's going to be a unit, a complete unit, but he's got the grace and elegance of a ballerina. You know, he is what everyone calls him, a Rolls Royce. I think, who was it? Someone texted him, one of the Arsenal players, was it Declan Rice on his Instagram, called him, called him RR. You okay. know, it, you know, they all know. Players know when they see the real deal. They don't say it willy-nilly. They know. And, it, you know, we all know it as well. He, Every game you see him, we we missed him. We would have won the title. I'm so confident in saying this. We would have won the title if he'd been in the squad, if he'd not gotten injured. It, it, it's crazy how integral he is. But I will say, to Waz's point as well, now we have a, a defensive collective that can hopefully not necessarily replace him, but be, provide adequate cover because I think you're in timber to that point, complete centre back as well, right centre back, Ben White as well. You've got enough cover there to so, but Saliba is irreplaceable as a, you know, a presence in our side, and I'm so glad we've got him for the next four years. Yesterday he was superb, unbelievable. Do you know what I love so much about William Saliba is that he's he looks like he's genuinely in love with Arsenal and that he's just enjoying his life. You look at the celebrations against Bournemouth and how he lost it, went over the corner flag and kicked it yesterday in the shootout when Fabio Vieira wheeled away and was patting his badge. Saliba was first into the fans and giving it large and put you know back like bashing the, the the Arsenal badge. I know there's pictures of him wearing an Arsenal shirt when he was a kid, but he just looks like he proper lives it and breathes it. And I just get the feeling that he's just so happy. And, you know, cast your minds back to when he went on loan. And, you know, was going to bring you in to get your thoughts on on Saliba because, as Vlad says, look, favourite part of the show, we can't eulogise about him enough, so we are going to just spend a couple more minutes on him before we wrap up. Uh, cast your minds back when, when he went on loan and, you know, there were lots of Arsenal fans, including myself, you know, what's, what are we doing? Why are we loaning him? What's Mikel doing? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, there were stories about him sort of losing members of his family and not settling in the UK and being a sort of quite a shy. When I look at him now, I think it looks like he's been here for years. He looks like he's, he lives and breathes Arsenal. It looks like he's just, I mean, what, what, a, what a journey. I don't even know what to say. Like, what a journey, what a transformation. And what's, what are your thoughts on, on the big man? Because he's massive. And his performance yesterday, because Yem did say, look, at one point, he was man in the back, man in the, the, the defence on his own. And, you know, so many people have said in the chat, one thing that's really surprising about Saliba is just his recovery pace. Like he's got this weird gallop about him that just, he eats up the ground in front of him and no one gets past him. He's brilliant. He is, mate. I mean, we said said last season, we all laid long, but I think going back to the loan, and I think what, what Mikel does have to get a lot of credit for is, is like you said, his personality, how he's, how he's grown in such a short space of time as a man. And, and a lot of that is very, very important. And, and what we're saying about this aura, that comes from his personality. That that comes from his his progression as a man for such a young age to go out on loan and have situations and uncertainty and, you know, Alteta sent him out and then he's come back and, and something's flicked. There's something, you know, and it start, I think it happened at the start of last season. I think there was a quite a frank and, and, and an honest discussion there. And, and Mikel was clearly found the way to push his buttons, you know, and, and he's actually come on so so quickly and 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 so so much as a person. I'm not talking about his football ability. I'm talking about as a person. And what that is allowing him to do is be free. And I think another massive massive thing for someone like William Saliba is the best sides in the world are always built on balance and are always built on partnerships. And and in Gabriel, he has that safety net alongside him. And and you look down the years, you've had you had Adams and Bold. You know you had 
Colo Toro. I mean, it's very similar to Campbell and Toro. You know, like Toro is a bit of a erratic, crazy one, and, and Big Soul is the absolute monster, and and Gabriel's the you know a bit erratic, crazy one, and and, and William Saliba's a you know the absolute monster, and and all of this is confidence and comfort in your surroundings, and he's just he must be incredible to play with because, like you said, attribute wise, what can he not do? And we spoke about it over and over again, and it, it's both centre backs as well. Obviously, Gabriel's a little. Uh, Gabriel Saliba. Uh, William Saliba does it at a high level. He'd Gabriel. Be. Yeah, what a player he would be. But he does it at a high level, but they're both very similar. So if you want to press tight, if you want to get high, they'll get up your ass. If they want to drop off and you want to run at them, they'll tackle you. If you want to get in a foot race with a ball over the top, we'll outrun you. If you want to win a header, we'll win a header. If you want to back into us and fight us, we'll fight you. You know, there's, they're the ultimate centre backs for modern football. And it's so, so exciting to see. And genuinely, the way people are talking about Saliba is justified, he's correct. And all we want to see is a, is a mainstay of consistency because he had, he had consistency all of last season at that age. I just want to see him stay fit, stay healthy, stay hungry. And he could go on to become one of the greatest defenders, not just at Arsenal. He could be one of the best defenders in the Premier League history because he's got the full lot. And you look, you look, you look back through the years, and he, honestly, you could go toe to toe with anyone. And all these strikers, they know, like you said, there's that aura now, there's that respect, there's that the, the, the levels of intensity are there, and that strikers are going to be in the tunnel looking across. And it, I don't know if you saw the video in the tunnel before, and um, he's massaging Gabriel is massaging Saliba's shoulders, and Ben White standing in front just with a stern look on his face, and you just think, if you're in that tunnel, you're looking across, thinking, fucking these boys ain't messing about, you know. So it, it, it is that aura, it is that the quality, the ability levels, it's just fantastic. But the, the personality that comes out of them is, is, and it breeds through the team. It starts at the back and the confidence and the ability breeds through the team. And then when you look in front of them too, and you've got Thomas Party and Declan Rice standing there, like we are seriously good. And I think the signs we've made, the levels we're going to go now, the players are a year older. We really should be extremely confident we should be happy and enjoy what we're about to see but yeah William Saliba as an individual mate top 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 draw and we're actually at the stage now where Arsenal Football Club have got genuine elite level footballers again not not top class players we have got world class footballers that could walk into any team on the planet and that's not an over exaggeration William Saliba would start for every team on this planet when he's playing the way he's playing and then you look through the team and there's going to be a lot of other players, Thomas Party, Declan Rice, right through the spine of the side, all over Saka, Martinelli. We're good. We're really, really good. And I can't wait for Saturday and I can't wait to see where this season takes us because we're going to go deep in a lot of competitions over this year. We're going to see a lot of players surprise us. We've got a lot of individual quality and we've got a lot of collective quality. And um, once these three new signings get knitted in in the first few months, mate, this could be the one. This really could be the one. Do you know what? You, you, you just get carried away thinking about the next game. Boise is in the chat saying, ah, quality to was. Ian saying, was getting me too pumped for Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, what a, what a, I just, I'm just can so ready for one, one of your team talks. Go on, yeah. Can I make, you know, William Saliba, one thing I've noticed about this year, his personality is starting to come through. Did you see that, you know, on the plane ride over? Did you see, you know, on the stairs? Um he was he was kind of like, he was giving the big pump yeah. chest and everything, and then he's got the meme, hasn't he? He's got the meme worthy look now, hasn't he? The... He f- he feels at home now. You know, he feels yeah, that's the he feels 
it feels part of it, it feels valued. You know, the club know what he's doing. And even the, um, Harold just mentioned it. Harold Satra says, did you guys watch his moment with Trossard? At the, at the end of the game, he sort of embraced Trossard. I hope this is the moment you're talking about, Harold, where he brought Trossard's head into his chest and sort of gave him a hug and just says, yeah, you know, something along the lines of, awesome you know well done you, you you saved us the chemistry in the team is right and, and was to your point about the boys lining up in the tunnel i've waited for i get really giddy about things like that i remember like back in the invincible <laughs> days you'd have i think it was Henri used to say like the game would be won and lost in the tunnel yeah like, you'd, you'd yeah. be lining up alongside soul patrick edu gilberto men big big men mm. and i looked at the tunnel and you know we know that manchester city 1 to 11 are a group of really you know solid strong well not through 1 to 11 because bernardo silva obviously and foden but you look at the back you look at the goalkeeper the back four rodri harland de bruyne like these are all physical specimens right and you look at arsenal and now all of a sudden we've got that aura about us that presence in the tunnel like you say why it was looking serious you know, Saliba's having his... Saliba, he's, William Saliba's not looking at anything. He's just looking <laughs> out of that tunnel in the zone. It's like Gabriel was literally like his personal trainer for a boxing match. Like, can't calm down, big Willie. <laughs> you need to, like, just chill. But, mate, I love what I see. I love what I see. Now, was you talked about having a good season going far in competitions. Something that we need to talk about is Mikel Arteta's impeccable record at Wembley. Now, as a player, for those of you watching, and there are almost 500 of you watching live right now, I really appreciate that. Please do drop a like on the video. Please, please, please. Uh, Mikel Arteta has been to Wembley 12 times as a player and manager, and he has won all 12 times. Where's the Champions League final had taken place this summer? Was It's going to happen at Wembley Stadium. I mean... Look, we could, we could rave about the job that Arteta has done over the last three, four years. Rival fans don't get it. I've seen a lot of comments about, oh, 600 million spent. He's got to go now. He's got to fly now. There are one or two high profile Arsenal fans that are like, you know, Arteta's got to go now, but he'd be gone by December. I think many of you will know exactly who I'm talking about. But I mean, what a job this guy's doing. And could it be our year was just, 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 you know, is, is Wembley Champions League music at our second home waiting for us? I think, yeah, interestingly, like I alluded to earlier, I think he's built a squad that's fucking ready for the Champions League. It's, it's weird. European football is a little bit different to the Premier League. And ultimately, you know, you've got an opportunity in any cup competition. But I'm, I'm telling you now, we really, we really are good. And the most exciting thing for me is we heard all this talk about the project. We saw Mikel's first interview. We've seen, you know, the couple of years of struggling in the eighth place and trying to find our feet and, and Mikel's growing as a manager as well. And, and this whole this whole situation has happened and these players and the manager are growing together. And what happens now is whoever joins this squad becomes a product of the environment. They become one of us. And it, it's not like an individual coming in. If you're coming in here, you've got to be one of us. You've got to understand this. You've got to adapt quick. You've got to be actually ready to be not just the player. You've got to be the human. And that's what he signed. He signed leaders all over the pitch, top elite level leaders and they are becoming a product of the environment and when you drop someone in there from another club they come in they think and look at the way Declan Rice has adapted to that squad straight away look at the chemistry look at them at full time on the pitch the way they all are they're all in it together there's not one person there that don't feel part of this project and us as fans this is the year really could be the year that we reap our rewards because last year we had a fantastic season it's never easy Another four, I mean, that could be 16 out of 16 at the end of the season for Mikel, and we, we can't do the lot. But we, we should be excited, mate. We should, we should embrace it. We should enjoy it. We should look forward to these cup competitions. We should look forward to seeing the rotation and seeing the players who don't get to play every week get opportunities, and they're good enough now. That's the difference. 
and we all know we're at a stage where we can trust and believe in these individuals and and and, and Mikel has built this environment the club not just Mikel everyone behind the scenes you saw bits of it in the documentary you can see it in front of your very own eyes right now on the pitch and the best thing I like is he's bringing other players in to challenge the players that are there and you've got monsters you've got leaders you've got ability all over the pitch we're physically dominant we're so technical Martin Odegaard's got his best years ahead of him you know the two young wingers are absolutely flying we've got set options at centre forward our midfield two absolute beasts in there you know that could walk into most teams in the world the back I mean the back eight you know superb we've got two top level keepers so yeah why not how far can we go let's see because Last season we didn't compete in any cup competitions and it weren't good enough. But it's because he didn't have he didn't have that trust. He didn't have the situation we're in now. We're there now. So let's enjoy it. Let's get behind the boys this season. It's going to be a long season, but I just look at us and I think we could get to a stage where we are imperious. We're very, very difficult to beat. We've got a lot about us. We've got a lot of ways of skinning the cat. We can change the way we play in games just like that. And then we go into these cup games, cup competitions. And we, we we get a bit of luck in the draws, mate. And I tell you, there's no reason why we can't can't go and get uh, get some more silverware and, and really really have a good go this year. But I'm telling you now, whatever happens, we will be right in the mix. We will indeed. Social Jane's saying this is Wembley heritage. Respect us. Uh, Omar Mohammed also in the chat saying since I became an Arsenal supporter in the early '90s, the squad depth has never been stronger. And Ham who's obviously uh, finished his chocolate pie as well now in the car, says most likable squad for decades, British core, down-to-earth players, bit of shit housery, technical quality, working hard, top technique, all under a smart but stern coach. That is an excellent point, Ham. I really appreciate that. Yembele, as we look ahead to what is going to be the return of the greatest show on earth, listen, the Ashes has been and gone, Wimbledon's been and gone, Formula One looks like it's wrapped up, Love Island is, is done, the reunion was complete. Community Shield is also in the bag now for Arsenal. The Greatest Show is back. The Barclays is back this Friday night. And Arsenal, of course, opening uh, our campaign to Nottingham Forest at home on Saturday. Uh, Yem, thoughts ahead of this new season? Let's uh, bring the show to an end. What are you expecting from this Arsenal team? What would you what would you define as success for you? Because like Was says, let's go for a run. We might, you know, let's go for all four. No, you've got to... The fact is, is that we've bought well... You've upgraded the squad that finished second last year and only missed out, what, five, seven games towards the end because of lack of depth. We've addressed that. We should be there in the mix. I'm expecting, you know, I I want to be challenging for the Premier League. That's the minimum. You've got to be back where you were. I want to win it. It's a tough challenge. Man City are the treble winners. There's no doubt of that. I want to make a good fist of the Champions League. You've got to, you know, let's be honest, we've got a team that can do well in the Champions League, but let's not make any bones about it. We are, you know, the Champions League is a test. It's always a test, but you want to do well in it. Um, and, and the cup competitions, you have to, we've been so poor in those. I always feel, you know, the FA Cup, we we let that go again and again and again, and we've still got the squad. We can't blame anything on for the FA Cup, you know, dropping it for the league. That's, that's a poor excuse. We should have done better in the FA Cup. That's our competition. We own it. And I want us to do better in these cup competitions. But the the Premier League is the key one. And the Champions League for me is the second priority because I just feel that, you know, we're back where we should be. We're back in the top top table. I want to stay there. I want to prove that we, we belong there. 
you know, we're building a squad and we've got players that deserve to be at the top level. So let's go out and show it. I can't wait. Honestly, can't wait for this weekend. I can't wait for that Champions League draw. I hate, I hate the Europa League draw. I absolutely detest it because it's in this crappy little room somewhere in the back of the UEFA headquarters. And it's the worst one, whereas the Champions League is on a big stage with our friend, obviously, Reshmin. And you want that. I want to be back there. I want to see our name back there in that pot. And I can't wait. I can't wait for that first night of the Champions League football, the music, all of that. I can't wait. Honestly, just get me back there. And this Saturday is going to be epic. You know, it's it's not even Forest, yes. And we're not opening, thank God, as usual. But I can't wait. 12.30 this Saturday, I will be there. Uh, we will be there, yeah. It'll be an earlier start for me. I'm doing an interview with Ali McCoist on TNT Sports, as it's being called now, on Saturday morning. So if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna tune into that show, watch out for me and my bald head. Was well, I want to take one final question before we wrap up, and that is from Ham, who's been my my favorite my favorite commenter of the night actually from from his car post. Mackie D says, "I'd love to hear what you guys think might hold us back, barring a lasagna gate of our own. What really prevents us from challenging for everything? I mean, was." Uh, look, we don't, let's not get carried away. Obviously, we want to win the Premier League title. Um, what do you think is between us and the Premier League title? Like, you know, barring a, a catastrophe, a natural sort of, you know, unex, unforeseen sort of thing, like he says, like Lasagna Gate. Um, where do you think we might fall short this season was? That is if you think we might fall short. I mean, do you no, think we'll win the league? T- no, I, you know, I think we've got a very, very good good chance, as Yem alluded to, you know, we had, situations last season where we had single points of failure and I don't see that this year um I just don't I just don't see us having single points of failure I think I think what you do need though is luck you need a lot of luck you need in the big games these big games we always talk about them and they at the end of the season when you look at them they are the defining moments and and within them big games there's moments and you've got to be on the right side of the moments and and what we've done in the community shield it was decided on moments it was a, a really tight game we got a bit of luck, and if we get that throughout the season in the big games, the City at home, you know, all these, we're going to be consistent in performance. I have no doubt in my mind we're going to be consistent in performance. It's how Mikel manages to rotate, how he manages to look after the squad and make in-game substitutions. I think that the only thing that could hold us back is ourselves, ironically. But I've got full confidence in in the ability of the players now. And it's it's so different. I I, I actually look at our second string and I'm not too disconfident. The only one I'd probably say I'd be a bit worried if Jorginho had to play a long stretch of fixtures. But that aside, you know, maybe an additional winger. But, mate, we should be so excited. With the blueprints there, we saw it all last season. What a year. And it's not going away. We've only got better. We've only got a year older. Mikel's a year better. We're all a bit year. We're all a year older as fans. We've got to be on. We've got to be on it here now. We, this is the time. They believe it. You can see the players, the reactions to that trophy, the Community Shield. It's not about the Community Shield. It's about stepping up and taking moments in big games and moving forward. So we're going to do that. Hopefully, we turn up Saturday a really good, strong performance. Set down the marker. Turn up. Don't just get the three points. But I really do think that Forest are in a bit of a situation at the moment and if we get get going early we could take advantage of, the, of and, and get a really promising start but it's so vital and and when, when the competition is as hot as it is you can't afford to slip up you just can't so you know if if, if somehow Burnley managed to get a point at Turf Moor or something even that early on in the season it matters it does matter because at the end of the season when you look back at them two points 
yeah, so we just got to be on the ball, mate. And and I do think the only people that can stop us are ourselves. And that and that luck, you do need that luck. And and for me, keeping that spine, that the four players, Gabriel, Saliba, um, Rice, and um, Thomas Party. I think if you keep that nucleus fit, and Martin Odegaard as well. But even then, we got we got rotation. But yeah, keep them fit. Keep the strong leaders, the men fit, week in week out. We're a very, very tough That's, team to play but against. Is, isn't that the thing though that happened last year? We overplayed our key players because he because Mikel didn't have the confidence in the in the depth exactly. of the squad. He's gotta he's gotta be a lot better. You know, he's gotta look at the FA Cup games, he's gotta look at the the with all due respect, some of the lesser Champions League sides and say, look, I have to trust in my squad. He's got a very heavily stacked squad now. He's got no excuses. If you look at City's um for defense defend defensive players none of them played more than 30 games Gabriel played 38 games which is insane mm. we we push our players to the red zone you know we did it with Saka he's got to get better at that and this season is what I, I would hope he would say look I'm going to use my squad to the fullest because we've got you know you've got Nelson you've got Trossard you've got Enketia Balogun all these players you've got no excuses for the lack it's, of quality. It's, it's also in-game, yeah, man. It's, it, I know you're talking yeah. about rotation, in this, but it's actually in-game that winds me up. Yeah. If you're 2-3-0 up, you need to be hooking players on 60 minutes. You've got yeah. five subs. Use them. Don't wait till 82, 83 and give people exactly. six, seven minutes rest. Let's let's be more intelligent. Let's trust in the players coming on. You're in situations in games where, you know, you can afford to rest these players. You can take defenders off. You can take central midfielders off. Whereas in the past, as you alluded to, we ain't been there, but I can't wait for Saturday. No, I just neither. cannot wait. Vivlat says, Yembele with the interception, late night latte is well and truly back. Yeah, he does that really well. Um, I think to your point about substitutions, look, a player now coming on in the 70th minute, 75th minute, judging by the injury time that the Premier League are going to add on this this season, that could mean another sort of half an hour to a game. So, uh, yeah, substitutes are going to be absolutely massive. Thank you to everybody for all the chat tonight. Um, honestly, it's amazing that there are hundreds of you still watching live right now. Please, may I request that you guys just drop a like on the video. Uh, a lot of time goes into preparing the slide decks and creating the studios and getting the guests on, so I'd really appreciate that. Helps the channel. Of course, subscribe if you're new. And if you've just tuned in and you're a bit uncertain as to you know um, missing the show or whatever, you can subscribe, get the notifications set up. You can watch it on demand. And for those of you that have busy commutes or want to go to the gym or whatever, it will be available as an audio uh, on Spotify and Apple in the early hours of the morning. A couple of quick messages. Uh, one here from Scrubber Steve 333 says, Top show tonight, guys. Really enjoyable. Much love. Come on, you gunners. And Ian says, Great show per usual. Glad I could participate live. Thank you so much, Ian. Love from Vegas. Did you know that Latte Firm is listened to in 151 countries? That is mental. That has blown my mind. So thank you for wherever you are watching from around the world. That is as per Spotify. I really appreciate that. If anybody wants to follow Woz, he is at Arsenal Woz on Twitter. He is home and away, Arsenal. I hope you're getting ready for the season ahead. Uh, Yembele is at Verge59 in case you want to chuck any abuse at him or just discuss snacks. Uh, I'm aware that lots of you ask lots of questions throughout the shows and I can never always ask all the questions. Maybe we'll do some sort of live Q&A type stuff. Uh, in the new season we'll just have a session where you can just ask questions and you, know, you don't want to hear from me but maybe the panelists can chuck their answers in and watch this space for those of you that are on um ps5 uh, i'm currently exploring something where we do something with eafc or the new fifa as people might be referring it to where we play a game of fifa and chat to who i'm playing 
and just talk about Arsenal while we play. So if you want to see how horrific I am at FIFA, that could be something that you uh, get involved in. Or if you want to even play me, let me know. Let me know. If you want to play me, we'll, we'll, we'll set up some games. Uh, thank you, Was. Thank you, Yembele, for tuning in tonight, uh, for joining us tonight. Really appreciate that. Um, we will be back with a season preview at some point in the week. Not quite sure who's going to be joining me just yet, but I will have details. And then it's Saturday, the carpet. We'll have a post-match phone-in. We'll have a late-night latte on Sunday night to round it all up. I can't wait to get stuck in. Look, take care of yourselves. Until next time, it's bye for now.